Genesis 17. We're in verse number one, and of course, you know our context. I'm not going to try to go back and fix that up. We know that Abraham and Sarai has had some problems, uh, 13 years of kind of misery in their family, 13 years of problems in their marriage, 13 years of not much spirituality going on, 13 years God not talking to them. I mean, it's kind of tough when we get to chapter 17. But when we get to chapter 17, suddenly something happens. And look what it said. When Abram was 90 years old and nine, 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and look, like, don't you love this word? God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and Thou shalt be a father of many nations, and neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations come of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after their, in their generations for the everlasting covenant to be a God to thee and to the seed after thee. Let's pray and then we'll get in the word quickly. Father, thank you for your um, book that you give us that it's never inappropriate to use the Bible. It's never a bad time to use the Bible. It's never a wrong time to recall those scriptures to our heart and claim those scriptures and And uh, those parts that we do have memorized, let God bring to our heart and our mind. And uh, we thank you for your goodness to this church. I thank you for the spirits here tonight. And uh, we realize that uh, we are saddened by some things that happen and by some people that we love. Uh, But, Lord, we realize that we are never saddened when we think on Jesus. We're made glad in the Lord. And so make us glad in the Lord as we leave tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Three things I want you to write down. This will be our three points for this particular message. And we'll be dealing with it probably for two weeks now. The reaffirmation of the covenant, verses 1 and 9. The reaffirmation of the covenant, verses 1 through 9. Number two, the ritual of the covenant, verses 10 to 14. And number three, the response to the covenant, verses 15 through 27. I know you didn't get all of them, but it's on your, um, it'll be on on the board as we go along, and you can pick it up. Now, you remember what we've been talking about? We've been talking about... What was the title of our last of chapter 16? If you don't remember that, you got some real problems, all right? Because I was in it for so long. You know, what happens when we don't wait on God, right? When you jump the gun on God, sometimes we can do some things that last forever. Do you know what? They don't get fixed. They just keep causing problems, keep hurting people, keep hurting people. Keep hurting people because of our stubbornness and our lack of faith and our unbelief. And, and, and so that's what happened. And so uh, waiting on God now was a fixed principle in Abram's mind. He decided, man, after this, I'm, I, I, I want to wait on God. 
I don't care what happens. I'm going to wait on God. So nearly 25 years comes and still no son. 13 years since he tried to fix it with Hagar, and all he did was broke it, right? You, you can't fix something from God. God's the fixer. We're the breakers. Y'all, y'all with me? So uh, set back the will of God. This is what he does. I believe, I believe that God would not have waited almost uh, 13 years to speak to him had he have been obedient to God. I believe he was right on the verge of God speaking to him. And I believe if he'd been sensitive to God, he'd known he was right on the verge of God speaking to him. But he'd gotten cold. He'd gotten away from God. He wasn't walking with God like he should. And next thing you know, he decides to get fleshly, he and his wife. So they pull this Hagar stunt. And as a result, it set the work of God back 14 years, okay? He speaks to him after 13, and then, of course, the baby's conceived after 14. So let's look at this. Let's look at this uh, verses 1 through 9. By by the way, it's just good not to have too many Ishmaels running around. If you've got a baby Ishmael, you've got problems. And a lot of churches got Ishmaels. They're running around, running around. What they say Ishmael would be? Wow, man. A wild man, be trouble, be a fight all the time. He'd be causing and stirring up something all the time. And that's what happened in the Middle East all the time. There's no way they can get together. They can't even get along between themselves, much less get together with anybody else. And so they're still having trouble because of Abraham and Hagar, still. And they'll continue to do it till Jesus comes back. That's not changing. That's not changing. You say, well, my sin ain't that bad. Well, I'm going to tell you something. It may not be that bad or it may not be that visible or it may not be that prominent, but your sin will last a long time in its consequences too. It will just keep on going. So be careful about having too many Ishmaels running around. We get in real trouble. So let's look at the reaffirmation of the covenant. First of all, he had to do, it had to do with God's name. Secondly, had to do with Aaron's name. And so let's look at those two things. First of all, God's name is mentioned again in verse number one. When Abram was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am the almighty God. Now, God's name is important. Because talking to God, how many of you have great conversations with people you've never talked to in your life? You don't do that, do you? How many of you, you know, talk on your cell phone when you're not supposed to on interstate coming home from work to people that you don't know? You don't do that. So here's what happens here. You say, you need to know what God's name is. You ought to also know what God's phone number is. J-E-R-3-3-3. That's his phone number. Now, look, look here. After 13 years, God speaks. It's been 13 years. 
God speaks, and he mentions his name just like he had done in chapter 15, verses 1 through 2. And he said to him here, he gives him another name now. And the names of God are all through the Bible. And here's the one that he uses here. And the scripture says, I am the almighty God. That is the word El Shaddai. El Shaddai. I am the almighty one. What that means is he is the self-sufficient God. He has everything in him he needs. He has everything in him you need. He has everything in him I need. He is the self-sufficient God. He's God Almighty. He is El Shaddai. That's what he said. I want you to know you're talking right now, Abraham, to El Shaddai. And so he gives him another name of himself. So it was all powerful when he heard that. All sufficient God can supply any need you have. Somebody here tonight probably got a need. You, you're messed up. You, got, you don't know what to do. Maybe you got a bad attitude. Maybe you got some, something going on in your life. You just don't know how to explain it. Or maybe there's somebody uh, that, that stirred you up. Or, or maybe you got something you can't drop. You can't go. Friend, I want to tell you, whatever your need is, whatever your need is, Jesus is our great satisfier. He who pours himself into the believer to make him faithful. That's who he is. El Shaddai is the one who pours himself into us to make us faithful. You know what he, why? Because we have everything we need. Everything we need. I'll never remember that verse. And you'll sit down and start talking to somebody. And there it is, right there in your head. Where'd you get that, El Shaddai? And I should die. He's got all those needs. You say, man, our light bills do. And these air conditioning, good gracious, alive, it's $400. Now, mine's not, by the way, but it better not be. But it gets expensive. I don't have the money. What are we going to do? They're going to cut off our air conditioning and we'll, we'll burn up and die. Because, you know, here in Lebanon, if it gets above 75, you're all about to die. Well, you just can't live. Get on your knees because there's somebody who has everything you need and there's somebody who can give you anything you need. His name is El Shaddai, our God. Y'all believe that? Y'all just dead tonight, aren't you? Y'all, y'all have a tough day? I bet y'all's working beside somebody's mean, right? Okay. Look, look, God's name, first of all, dealt with his feet. Look at verse number one. God's name dealt with his feet. Ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I'm the Almighty God. Walk, walk before me and be thou perfect. You see, he walked before God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Perfect does not mean living perfect. It means maturing to the level that God wants to bring you to. Y'all with me? You see, there's some folks that God doesn't intend to bring them to the place that he's going to bring other people because God has given certain gifts that doesn't require that, and so they wouldn't utilize that knowledge. And so basically what he's saying, walk before me and live in knowledge. This is God's eyes always on me. When I'm walking before him, God's giving me everything I need, and I'm learning all about God when I'm walking with him. If I'm taking every step with him, every step with him, I'm walking with him, I'm learning about him. 
And then look what else it says. Be thou perfect, single-hearted. That means devoted to the Lord, entire, complete, full. He wants all of you. If you don't want all of him, don't come and ask him for all of him. I'm going to have to say that again because y'all didn't get it. If you don't want all of him, there's no need in coming down here and asking for some of him. Because God don't give himself out in parts and portions. God said be halfway filled with the Spirit, right? No, he said. He said be filled with the Spirit. So if you're going to walk with God, you've got to be filled with the Spirit, and it will bring you to the place of maturity in your Christian life. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I, as I was younger and I was stronger and and, uh, you know, at 59 years old, I could do anything. I could do it at 40. I was strong, you know, bulked up a little bit. I just didn't have any issues with anything. I'd get under anything until I'd pick it up. Except my knees was all bowed out where they was tore up. But uh, as you get older, you start, to, you start to find out that you don't know as much about God as you thought you did. You say, how'd you find that out? Well, I read the book of Job for one thing. And you know what? I've had three different cards or emails from, from people not in this town, uh, from other places, other states, and every one of them, here's what one of them said, you are my Job. What is that? Others had other words to describe the term. And you see, when you walk with God, he will help you to be complete. Because what you don't know about God, he will teach you about him when he puts you in the fire. Mm. When, when, when the pain comes, when the hurt comes, when the trouble comes. And so he says, walk with me and be thou perfect. He didn't say walk with me and be thou wealthy. Somebody send that in to TBN. That's not what he said. He doesn't say that in the Bible. But he is all sufficient when he says to walk with me. He says live completely and I'll satisfy your soul. If you live full of El Shaddai, if you live dependent on El Shaddai, if you live in faith of El Shaddai, if you'll walk in step with El Shaddai, if you'll learn what El Shaddai is teaching you, whatever experience you go through, one of these days you're going to be perfect. That means you're brought to the place where God wanted you to be when he made you as a little piece of dirt. Y'all good with that? Now look at number two. He didn't only talk about his feet, he looked at his face. Look at verse 3. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father and many nations, and neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. You say, El Shaddai meant he deserved worship as well as he deserved walk. The desire of his feet meant the promise of his fruit. 
Would somebody write that down? No, y'all too, y'all are too tired to even write down a lie, you know? I, I, I'm just telling you, that's what, that's what he tells him. El Shaddai meant the desire for his feet and the promise of his fruit. Whatever the desire of your feet is, whatever you've got enough unction and gumption to do, God will bring you that fruit. Baptists brag a lot about our feet, don't we? We like our feet. We like to talk about where we've been, what we've done. Oh, yeah, we brag about our feet. We don't brag too much about our face. Sometimes our altar has become nothing but a playground. And I'm not talking about about children. The children come to our altar, don't bother me one bit. It thrills my heart that they know that that they're taught to come and talk to God. But I've watched folks come to this altar time and time and time again and shed crocodile tears and walk out that door just like they came. You wouldn't see them again for three weeks. You wouldn't see them again for a month. You wouldn't see them again for maybe a Sunday or two. And they'd go right back to drinking, right back to cussing, right back to lying, right back to stealing, right back to doing everything they did before. Y'all know anybody like that? You see, we don't like to get on our face because when we get on our face, that means that God's done something in our heart to break us, to break us so much that we can't stand to look at him. We've got to get on our face. Just as long as we can hear him. We just need to hear him. So we get on our face. And God says, this old boy means business. This girl means business. They're on their face before God. I don't. I really don't believe this. I really don't believe this generation believes that in the Bible. When's the last time you've seen just somebody get so broken under conviction they fell out on their face? I've seen it just a few times lately. Sometimes one or two times in my office. I was in a home not long ago and had the privilege to lead. A, uh, Brother Mike was with me that night, and we just had the privilege to win a man to Christ. And uh, I'll never forget that. It was the most wonderful experience in my life. We couldn't find them. Went to every house out there, knocked on every, do- every door. We fought every Doberman pincher. We'd done everything in the world. Finally, we come to this place, and it didn't look like it, it should be anywhere close to the number, but... About that time, a door opened, and, and he was waving, and he, he, he obviously knew my truck, and so we pulled up in his driveway, and I said, have you got a few minutes we can come in and talk? He said, yeah. We did. Big tears started running down his head. When we walked in that door and shut the door, tears started running down his face. And it was almost like we walked in on holy ground. I sat and shared the gospel with him. Tears poured out of his eyes, and he started repenting of sin. I don't know that God meant for him to repent of all that sin. I, I did some of it, you know, I didn't want to hear. But the thing is, it blessed me because he was so broken about some of the things he's done. He just had to ask God to forgive him. And he asked God to forgive him of his sin and cleanse him and save him. And I'll tell you, you could just sense the spirit of God in that place. And he left, his tears dried up, and there was a smile on his face. 
And there was something in his heart that he said, I've never had in my life. I've never had this kind of peace. And he came to church and sat right over here to my right until he left and moved to Memphis just not, not long ago. And um, I called him just to check on him and say, how he's doing? He said, I'm still living with God. He told me which church he's going to, and I knew the church, and he's still walking with God. Folks, when we get on our face, we hear God. So God's name dealt with his face, and last of all, God's name covered his fruit. And I'm just going to stop right there, but I just want you to know in verse 2, he says, I will make. Verse 6, he says, I will make. Verse 7, he says, I will establish. Verse 8, he said, I will give. So who gives us fruit? El Shaddai. Else should I? You don't have anything in you because somebody won't know God or love God or walk with God or get back right with God. Nothing. Ain't nothing about you. We say, well, I, I have such a wonderful personality. Probably not as wonderful as you think. You just think it is. Truth of the matter is, we don't have any power to produce any fruit unless else should die. Does it through us.